So, Goisai, good morning, a good Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos Kodesh. Parshas B'chuk Kaisai for those of us from Eretz Yisrael, and Parshas Bahar for those of those who live in Chutzlaritz. I'm making this recording in a uh, in the middle of a trek. I flew from Eretz Yisrael in the middle of Lag Baimer to reach America, to reach the United States. First part of the trip was in order to see my mother, she should be Gesundheit Stark, and also to see many Talmudim, both in different places in the country. And unfortunately, or fortunately, we always have to say Gamzu Lataiva, the, the flight was delayed from Eretz Israel, and we ended up missing a connecting flight to Montreal to Washington. And I ended up having to have to uh, get to the and get on, to an airport, which the airline supplied, and uh, near the uh, to a hotel near the airport. Excuse me, see what kind of time it is. It's now approximately three thirty in the morning, and um, and I'm trying to I'm trying to give out the Devar Torah before Shabbos. So you're going to excuse me if I sound a little bit tired, and uh, the preparation for the Devar Torah took place. Uh, on the plane, so it might be a little bit of hodgepodge, but I hope that everyone will get something from it. Um, there's no question that this week has been a week, um, a packed week uh, for myself personally and for Gans Klaw Yisrael. Um, on our own end, uh, we had the yard site of our late father, Abiyakov, Venerable Lezer, Shabila Ulanushmosai. And I was able to not only give shiurim in the yeshiva and to give shmuzin, but also to go up to the kever and all of the Torah that we we give over, and especially uh, on the yard site we reconnect. And this year is a very special yard site. It's a thirty fourth yard site, which meant that my father would have been a hundred years old from the time he was born. He was born in in, in nineteen twenty two in Washington D.C. And I said over in the Shmuz and Yeshiva that a hundred years is a is a chaticha royal iskavit, and um, recognize what kind of life he was able to to um, to be able to become a Talmud Chacham, and especially living in those days in the United States of America when Torah was not prevalent. So there's a lot of akar satov we owe to the Rebbeinu Shalom for allowing my father. Zatzal to be able to become who he became. And there's a great Akar Zatov we owe to my father for all the hashpah that he gave us personally in the family and the hashpah of his Talmidim and the Talmidim Talmidim, the Peri Peris, especially for those of you who learned in Ner Yaakov, which was named after him, and the Talmidim that learned in Ateris Yaakov, also Yeshiva is named after him. So this great schus is a is a, is, is a mechaev, is an obligation. So I hope that whatever different Torah we were able to say today, and then the stories and chizuk, at the same time, I left on Lag Ba'imer. This year's Lag Ba'imer, we all remember what Lag Ba'imer was for many of us, an experience of going to Maron. This year, because of the yard site of the 45 Kedoshim, 45 Tzadikim, uh, that were nifter on Maron, so um, it was um, a different, different type of Lag Bomber in Miron. And it was a different, I would say, different Lag Bomber in many, many places. Um, I myself went to the um, Azkara and the Yard site, Suda, 
a Suda of a Siyam Mishnais in the Eloid and Neshama of one of those, one of those Karbanis, which was Azi Koltai, Olav Shalom, son of a friends of ours from Harnov. And uh, just say over one Maisa, one of the pe- people that spoke, it was a Yidah Balabas in one of the shul, local shuls in Harnov where they daven the Pnei Shmuel. And there's a special Seder after davening to learn Mishnayis. And Azi was not only one of the participants, he was one of the main participants, and he was able to finish Shas Mishnayis uh, before his Bar Mitzvah. He had a Chavrusa, the Chavrusa, a very hush for young man from Harnov learned with him, but he used to go to the shir on um, on Shabbos after davening, and he was like together with the Mavugarim, together with the older ones. And um, anyway, this person that spoke, one of the Gabayim of the shul, said over just a cute story, which it's worthwhile to say over. He said, if a person would ask himself, what's one of the lightest mitzvahs to do? So he says, uh, he said, some people would say, uh, Sphere's Eimer is a pretty light mitzvah. This is the way this person said, why is it such an easy mitzvah? Because all you have to do is you have to make the bracha and you yotze. And you make the bracha and you make the sphere. And even if you don't make the bracha, you could make the sphere. You could make the sphere without the bracha. Like if a person forgot one day, he's allowed to count, even though he doesn't make the bracha. So he says, but there's one day of the Sphere's Eimer, which for some people is the hardest day. Why is that the hardest day? He says, the first day of Sphere's Eimer, and he said over a story, which I think is an actual story that he, either he saw or maybe he was involved in. He says, you know, the Rav, and he comes from England, the Rabbanim in England, you know, everything, they, there's a certain stolz. So they dress in a certain way. And when it comes to the first night of Sfir Sa'imir, which in Chutzlaritz is the second day of Yantiv, so the shul is packed and everyone's waiting at the end of davening and the Rav is making sure that his Hamburg is on, is on the right way and He's going to say the bracha with the right kavana. He's going to say it in a beautiful, melodious voice. And he's not going to shuckle too too much. And everyone's waiting for the rav to make the bracha at the end of at the end of davening. And one year, there was a little boy that who was a little bit of a provocative boy and decided he's going to do something. And right before Sphere Saimer, he runs to the bima and he gives a clap on the bima. And he says... He says, today is the second day of the Eimer. And quickly, everyone, including the Rav, shout out, no, 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 it's the first day of the Eimer. And he turns to the old, to the oil and he says, I got you. I got you. Meaning to say, yeah, you're supposed to do, they, they forgot that they have to, they forgot. They, unfortunately, they fell into the trap and they didn't make the bracha. Now they can't make the bracha. So especially the Rav, that was the hardest thing to do. So he just used it as a foil to, um, and give over that, you know, you have children and really amazing, amazing chesed. And we have to be very, very thankful. And we have to realize that, you know, HaKadosh Baruch took away a bar mitzvah boy and so many others that had loss of life. And it was, I, I would say in Eretz Yisrael, it was almost like surreal. You know, we had bonfires in Harnov. Uh, it wasn't the same amount, but there still were bonfires. And the people going up to Maron, there were less people going up to Maron. I heard just from the news reports that, you know, most of it went well, except for certain events where it got out of hand. I'm not going into the rights and wrongs over here. There's no question that um, we realize that the schus of going up to, to the kever of Rav Shimon is not something which should be taken, taken lightly. 
Rabbi, I want to speak a little bit about the. Um, it's not should be taken lightly, and 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 we have to be uh, we have to be aware that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is speaking to us. This is really what I want to be. A Kaddish Baruch Hu is speaking to us. Kaddish Baruch Hu is telling us that we have to have the right attitude. But Reb Shimon, Kedai Reb Shimon, Lismachalav B'Shasetchak. I'm going to zero in a little bit just on Parshas B'Chukaisa and B'Chukaisa Teleichu Shitiu Amelim Batayra. We're all familiar with that. And um, the uh, parsha itself has also two sides to it. The beginning of the parsha speaks about tremendous brachas, and when a person keeps the Torah, then there'll be geshamim ve'itam, and there'll be shalom ba'aretz ve'ain machri. There won't be any fear. There won't be any war. And then chas v'shalom. The second half of the parsha deals with the klolus. Deals with the klolus. If a person doesn't keep the Torah, we know there's seven madregas, which. Rashi brings down that the first thing is a person, if a person doesn't learn, which means he's not Amal Batayra, if then a person won't do mitzvahs, then he stops other people from doing doing mitzvahs, he's Meneyam Acherim, then he is, um, he becomes Mayas in the Torah, he becomes Mayas in Tamir Chachamim, Mayas in the people that keep mitzvahs, and then unfortunately he's Kaifer. In the mitzvahs, and he's kaifer b'tayra. This is what happens when a person is not amol b'tayra. We always say over that Rav Shach Zatzal used to say that why does it dafka if a person is amol b'tayra? Then he gets all the brachas, and if he's not amol b'tayra, then he gets uh, the klolus come about. So first of all, we just want to bring out that the parish itself is like a dichotomy. It begins with the brachas, and it goes to the klolus. Begins with the schar. And then it goes to the Einish. So we have to truly understand, you know, really the depth of what that is and what kind of lessons we can learn from it. The Rav Shach Zetzal says, why is it that there has to be something called Amelis Batera? And, and only with that will we be Zorchet to the Brachas. And if we do less than that, then we're not going to be Zorchet to the Torah. It's not Shach to learn Torah without Amelis. Rav Shach says, it is Shach to learn Torah without Amelis. But it's mashma from the Rashi, from the Torah, that only I will only have the brachas if I'm amal b'tayra. So if Shach Zatzal says this is really to differentiate between what we like to say, the men and the boys. When the going gets tough, does the tough get going? Which means that when we learn the Torah ba'amelus, then there, under all circumstances will we keep the Torah. Amelus is not only the learning of the Torah, it's the dedication to the precepts of the Torah, to the concepts of the Torah, that I'm going to keep the mitzvahs even when the going is going to get tough. And that's what happens. Sometimes they're in the Siyayinus HaChayim, they're tests of, the, of life, illnesses, uh, things which happen in a person's life where things don't go exactly the way they want, the way they think that a person would want it to go. And the Torah is telling us that if you're Amal B'Torah, if you're really toiling, toiling in the Torah, if you really take the Torah as being the most important thing in the world, then... HaKadosh Baruch is going to give you the opportunity, the ability to keep the mitzvahs and to get other people to do mitzvahs and to, to, to give covet to the Talmud HaChamim, the opposite of the Klolis. But if a person does not take the Torah as being the most important thing, I don't have to be Om Torah. I just do it. It's a, something I do, but it's not necessarily part of my life. Then, uh, unfortunately, when the going gets tough, then all of a sudden the Yamuna becomes weak and you never know what happens. I could just say that my late father, all of a sudden, even when things were difficult in his life, when he had illnesses and everything else, I said over a story, 
he, he always, the, his connection to the Torah and his love for the Torah was always great. It, one time we said over that there was a, um, in the middle of Sukkot, all of a sudden he had a detached, detached retina. At the time it, he went blind, he couldn't see in one eye. It was very, very scary. We had to take him to, the, to a doctor and he had to do an operation. And eventually his eyesight returned. But while he was waiting in the doctor's office, he, he still learned. How did he learn? With detached retina, he had a straw. And he saw with the straw, he could look at the end of the straw, he could see one letter, and he could read another letter, read another letter. He was able to focus. Rabbi said, when a person is connected to the Torah under all circumstances, he's Amal B'Torah. You know, on the plane ride... You know, you, you always, you, you, you never know who you're going to sit next to, what you're going to hear. I ended up being in the midst of a group of, of like, like a birthright group of, of college kids that returned from, from a trip to Israel, like a 10-day trip. They weren't religious. And uh, I have to tell you, I hadn't been in, it, sounded like, it, felt, it felt like I was back in there, Yaakov, going after the guys on the, in the bar scene because these guys were getting all the different... Um, minis that they could and they were having l'chaims and drinking and not being reality reality but you know they were they were college students and it was an interesting conversation which I heard that went took place between an Israeli Chiloni young man and a uh, and a Jewish um, college girl who is not religious at all well the Israeli is also not religious but there's such an interesting conversation that they had I was privy to the conversation because I was sitting near them and um, somehow it came up that this is really said to the girl, you know, you know, what's your attitude towards, you know, marrying out of the fold, marrying an Anjou? So she said, well, you know, she, this is what she said. She said, well, you know, my Judaism, I was born Jewish and it's important to me and I'd like to bring up my children to be Jewish. She really doesn't know what that means because she herself is not really growing up in the right way. Unfortunately, hopefully she will become one day. But I happen to be, I have a non-Jewish boyfriend right now, and, um, and he's a wonderful person, and, and I hope that we have, we'll have good communication, and we'll be able to, I'll be able to bring up my child as a good Jew, uh, together with this, you know, non-Jew. Meaning to say, it's not that important for me to marry a Jew, because, um, what's really important to me is my own personal, my own personal wants, not necessarily what someone else wants. Now, the Israeli didn't try to change her mind. He just said, he said this interesting thing. He says, you know, I would never think about marrying a non-Jew. And I think it's because I live in Israel. And in Israel, it's just like so, uh, you know, simple that you keep the holidays. And in our house, we, you know, my mother lights the candles Friday night. And we make Kiddush. There's just the element of the society is so prevalent. I wouldn't even contemplate. See, he was like trying to say, you know, it's a, it would be a good thing for you to maybe decide to come to Israel for a time. Because that way you'll be, maybe be influenced, which is one of the reasons why Birthright is an important organization, because it does give over to Jewish students this message of marrying a Jew. And um, but it was very interesting. And then what happened was when they were serving the meals, I saw that the Israeli, they offered him a kosher meal. And he said, yes, I want a kosher meal. And this American student, this girl, she unfortunately said, no, just give me a regular meal. Rabbi Sai, when the going gets tough, does the tough get going? If we're connected to the Torah, if we're Amal in the Torah, then the brachas will come about. If we're not Amal in the Torah, unfortunately, then the tough comes, the, it's not easy. That's the Torah that Rav Shach says, in Tia Melem then this 
then there's going to be all the brachas. The, um, I saw an article in the Yated, they bring down um, an interesting connection between Lag Ba'aymer and Parshas B'chukaisai. It happens to be that Parshas B'chukaisai, normally, for us in Eretz Yisrael, it came out this year that we read Parshas B'chukaisai and Lag Ba'aymer. For you, this year, it didn't work out like that. You people, from, you Talmidim from Chutzlaretz. But it's interesting that Parshas B'chukaisai is the 33rd Parsha of the Torah. It's the 33rd Parsha, and we always laid it on, near Lag Ba'aymer. Also, in the Klolos, there are 33 psukim, which speak about the Klolos. The concept of Kedusha and Tyra we find by the, when the Torah speaks about the Lamed Gimel uh, Yamim, that an Isha that gives birth to a Nekeva uh, has to wait before she becomes Tahar. It's also the Indian of Lamed Gimel. Lamed Gimel has a lot of different connections to the Parsha of B'chukaisai and to the time period that we're in. We know that the 33 days of Lag Ba'imer and the following, the upcoming 17 days, which complete the 49 days before Shavuos, they're split up into the Lev Tov. That's the way it's described. The Lev Tov means to say the, the 32, the 32, and then the Tov is the 17, which comes afterwards. So it's really the 32, which is really the 33. Lamed Gimel, which is really the 33 together, comes out to the composite of the 49. But some of us have explained that the first 32 days, they're about the lave, they're about preparing the person's heart in order to be able to receive the Torah. That's the hachana for Torah. The 17 days afterwards, that is the Torah itself. From Lamed Gimel Ba'aymer and onwards, we're already getting closer to Har Sinai. And this is a great lesson. My father, Olav HaSholem, was nifter on the 32nd day of the Aymer. He had a great heart. We said over, the main thing is for us to prepare ourselves in the, in, the, in the 48 ways which a person can acquire the Torah. So these are things which we should be doing these days, and we hope <coughs> we're trying our best to accomplish this. In the end of the Klolot, there's a Pasuk that says, V'af gam says, this will be, even when you're going to be in the land of the enemies, even when we're going to have to go to Golos, lo ma'astim, lo ga'altim, l'chaloisom, l'hofer b'risitam. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm not going to be ma'osom you. I'm not going to despise you. I'm always going to keep a bris between us. And this is an amazing, amazing lesson, that no matter what, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is always with us under all circumstances. So, Gavaldika Zoyar, the Zoyar says that Rebchia, wanted to learn from the Tanoim. He wanted to hear from Tanoim. Rebchia was an Amara. And he wanted to learn from the Bali Mishnah. So he went to Reb Shimei Could be He went to Maron. And he saw that there was a Mechitza. Interesting, they made Mechitzas here. There was a Mechitza that was Mavsik between the place of Reb and Hamid. They say he couldn't enter into the Ma'ara. So the Reb Chia said, um, I want to hear at least what Reb Shimon is saying. So I can't go in and I can't learn from him, but at least I want to go into the, I, don't want, I want to hear from outside of the Pargut. So he heard Reb Shimon say a Pasuk. Pasuk says, Brach doidi, a Pasuk in Shir Hashim. Brach doidi, my beloved, run away. You're going to be similar to the 
to the deer and to the oifer ayolam and to an ayal. It's an ayal also a type of deer. The Pusik in Shira Shirim is speaking about the relationship that Klai Yisrael has with the Rebbeinu and the Rebbeinu has with Klai Yisrael. It's called Kisufim. What we literally, what we, we're, we're, we're drawn to. And this is the Tamtzis. The Tamtzis of the Pusik is saying an amazing thing. Rib Shimon said over like this, that there's going to be a time that Klai Yisrael will unfortunately, because of their various, they're going to be like sent away from HaKadosh Baruch. HaKadosh Baruch is going to turn away from them. Brach Doidi. The Doidi is going to run away. But no matter what, no matter how much the Rebbeinu is going to run away, it's like a Tzvi Vayolim. The Tzvi and the Ayolim are the quickest of all the animals. But they say over, the Zohar says that when the, when, the, when the Tzvi runs away, it's always turning around to look back with its head. It's always turning around to see where the people are behind them. This is the this is the this is the message. The Rebbeinu even when he's running away from, him, he's always turning around to Klal Yisrael. He's always trying to see he's connected to Klal Yisrael, and this is what the pasuk says at the end of the Klalis. No matter what we're going to do, no matter how far we're going to be removed from Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Hakadosh Baruch Hu loma astim, loga altim, we're going to be turned. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is turning himself around towards. He wants to see how we're connected to him. This is a great great lesson on. This parsha, and especially in lieu of the 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 yamtiv of Lag Ba'imer and the turning towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Dovna Melech says, "We'll end off of this." Dovna Melech says, "Chashavti Jirachai." I thought to go my my path. Veraglus Mevius is lebeis Aknesus lebeis Amedrish. There are many many machshavas. Dovna Melech said, "I wanted to go here. I wanted to go there, but my feet always brought me closer to to the beis Amedrish and to the beis Aknesus." This is the message of Amelis Bater. The message of Amelis Bater is no matter what, I want to be connected to the base of Medrash. I want to be connected to the base of Knesset. I have to tell you that uh, before I, I dive in with Rip Sternbuch yesterday, and he gave me a bracha, the Neshama Shavan Ali, I dive in for the Yomid, and then afterwards I mentioned to him the story that my father had with Rabbi Hanan, Zatzal, that my father spoke in learning with Rabbi Hanan, and I knew that Rip Sternbuch. Rav Sturmbuch himself had met Rav Bukhan. Rav Bukhan stayed at his mother's house and was mechanech. Rav Sturmbuch, he told his mother what to do with Rav Sturmbuch. Ah. And um, the famous story that they asked Rav Bukhan when he was in England, why is he going back to Europe? Dangerous. And he said, famous line, the captain doesn't leave the ship. The captain doesn't leave the ship. But Rav, Rav Sturmbuch told me an amazing thing. He said that Rav Bukhan said that he wanted to make a branch of Branovich in England. I never heard this. He wanted to make a branch of Branovich and he wanted to try to bring over the Bachram. And he said that Rav Hanan had a plan, even though the plan didn't come to fruition. He wanted to somehow bring the yeshiva over to England. Who, what would have happened if Rav Hanan would have survived and he would have brought over the Branovich yeshiva? We don't know. The only Rebbeinah has this Cheshbainas. But the main thing I want to bring out is, is that no matter what, there was a connection. I want to be connected to the Beis HaMedrash and to the Beis HaKnesis. This is what the Torah is telling us. We want to be connected to the Beis HaMedrash and the Beis HaKnesis. We always take a look at the positive. If the Torah says, oh, if you'll be kai, you do all these different things, you end up being Kaifer Bikr. What happens if a person is not Kaifer Bikr? If a person is not Kaifer Mitzvah, if a person tries to help other people to do Mitzvah, if a person is Mechabit Hamid then a person will definitely be connected to mitzvahs. 
and eventually he'll be zoichet to Amelus Batera. On this Shabbos Kodesh, Shabbos Bechukosai for Bnei Eretz Shabbos Bahar for Bnei Chutzlaretz. We're getting closer to Har Sinai, and no matter what we're going through, we realize that the 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 Torah and the Amelus Batera and the connection to Mitzvahs, this is our lifeblood. And that under all circumstances, through the Golas, through the exile, we're connected to the Torah. There's a, a last thing we want to say over. The minute is to read Rus on Shavuos. I saw brought down in the Sefer a beautiful pshat that why do we lay Rus on Shavuos? The answer is that Rus shows us the Kabbalah Torah of Torah Shabbat Peh. Why? Because if Rus would not have had the schus to hear from Bayaz that she's allowed to marry into the fold. Because even though the Torah says, Am, you shouldn't marry into Amain, you shouldn't marry into Mayav, but we pass in the Stafka, Amain, Velay Amain is Mayav, Velay Mayavis. It's only a male, but the females are allowed to marry in. So the Torah Shabbat gave Rus the right to marry Bayaz. Because she married Bayaz, she gave birth to Dovna Melech. So therefore, the Yantif of Shavuos, it's very apropos, we should learn, we should learn Rus, because the Yantif of Shavuos is our relationship with the completeness of the Torah, with the Torah of the Torah Misenai, which includes the Torah Shabbat Peh. Rabbi said, we're returning to the Batik Knesias, we're returning to Amelis Batayra, we're returning to Har Sinai, we're going to end off, say for Vayikra, we're going to say Chazak, Chazak, Vinit Chazak, I give a bracha to everybody, we should be mischazik, and we should be mirz Hashem, be zoichet, that this Shabbos should elevate us, we should be zoichet to gula shleima, b'mher of yameinu, amen. Wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it would be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.